Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking, and you've got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. A lot of important things happening last week. Mueller came out, resigned his position, and closed down the uh, Mueller investigation if, as the uh, collusion, uh, obstruction of justice claims and, and Democrats all fired up about impeachment and the president saying it's a closed case. Important things are happening in the United States of America. But you know what? They can just wait. We put that on hold. This week, we are remembering D-Day. D-Day, 75 years ago. 75 years ago. People who hit the beaches are still alive. Not many. Not many of them. The ones who survived that horrible day and that horrible fight as uh, the Americans hit the European continent uh, in, on the French coast, Normandy. Uh, D-Day was a bloody day, and a lot of people died. A lot of young Americans died for their country so that we can have these battles like Congress and the President are having so we can live in freedom. So this day, this week, this show, Doc Holliday chooses to remember the D-Day veterans, the ones who gave the ultimate sacrifice, those who were wounded and went on to serve. And I was not alive when D-Day happened. Most Americans living today are not alive. We're not alive when D-Day happened. But I have to tell you, it was a remarkable day in the history of the United States of America and the history of the world. When you look into a veteran's eye, and last week I looked into the eyes of a World World War II veteran. They're in their 90s now. And this guy was crisp. He's still working, running a hardware store. And, I mean, it's amazing but he's a World War II veteran. And I looked into his eyes. And you know, here's a veteran of World War II who helped save the world, save America, and save the world. And you know, in those eyes, it wasn't but 75 years when FDR, who said a wonderful prayer, and we're going to play that prayer, the actual words of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt as he prayed for the troops entering D-Day. We're going to play that in a little bit. But before FDR led America through World War II, into World War II and through most of World War II, he was there to commemorate, 
commemorate the 75th anniversary of a major battle in American history and therefore world history. 75 years, it was 1938, and they had a 75th anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg. So I want to start this show because I looked in that veteran's eyes I told you about last week, World War II veteran, looked into his eyes, and I know in his eyes when he was a young boy and in, in the 30s, and I've heard some of these veterans talk about They'd go around the square in the small city where I grew up in Mississippi, and you could see Civil War veterans whittling or talking, and some of them would have a megaphone they'd hold up to the ear their ear to listen because they they were they were were, uh manning the cannons during the civil war and didn't have any hearing left hardly but i'm saying as the world war ii soldier when you look into their eyes and realize they looked into the eyes of the soldiers who fought in the civil war and did you know you can go on YouTube and you can look at that 75th anniversary of Gettysburg and you can see the Confederate soldiers and Union soldiers who fought in the Battle of Gettysburg. And you know that some of those young men who went off to war in the Civil War, they looked into the eyes of the soldiers who fought in the American Revolutionary War. How it doesn't take too many generations to span the soldiers who have paid the price and fought to keep America not only free, you can look into the eyes and see in the past, the soldiers all the way back to the American Revolutionary War so think about that and think about the Confederates and the Yankees getting together, and FDR, he celebrated the 75th anniversary of Gettysburg by unveiling a, uh, a, a memorial to the battle, to commemorate the battle and what it meant to Americans, North and South. Let's take a listen to what FDR said at that commemoration in 1938, 75th anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg, as we're looking at the 75th anniversary of D-Day, but take a listen to what President Roosevelt said at that time. Here a new great monument stands and is to be unveiled. Here the blue and the gray fought years ago. Here today the blue and the gray are brothers. The battle was long ago. Today, a theme for the president. Immortal deeds and immortal words have created here at Gettysburg a shrine of American patriotism. Lincoln spoke in solace for all who fought upon this field and the years have laid their balm upon its wounds. Men who wore the blue and men who wore the gray are here together a fragment spared by time. All of them we honor, not asking under which flag they fought then, thankful that they stand together under one flag now. 
A peace memorial commemorates the 75th anniversary of Gettysburg where brothers fought. And now today, an everlasting light symbolizes the peace and reunion of the blue and the gray. What did you hear? President Franklin Delano Roosevelt talk about the immortal deeds and immortal words and talking about Lincoln's Gettysburg Address was like a bomb upon the wounds of these soldiers that are still alive, that remembered the battle, that were a part of the battle, of the Battle of Gettysburg. And I've told you before a, a short story. I'll just tell you there, there's a friend of mine who, um, is a pastor, but on his uh, wall he has a broken bayonet, a broken bayonet that was his great-grandfather's. Now, I had a great-grandfather on my mama's side and on my father's side, great-grandfathers who fought in the Civil War. And and this a friend of mine he has, has a bayonet in a, uh, in a case because it was from his great-grandfather who fought for the Confederates and then I think the second Mississippi Infantry, but they were there on a in Gettysburg. In Gettysburg. It's a three-day battle, and they were part of well, General Pickett, the famous Pickett's Charge. But they were some Mississippi uh, infantry who were on the far left side of that. Came up to the little farm building, but again, they were part of that charge. And he said his great grandfather always said that. They, they, it was awful fire, but they got there and got very close to the wall. And then he looked around and he thought the battle was won. They were, he thought when the reinforcements are coming behind us, they're going to run over and take to the wall. We'll win this battle. And he turned around and he said there was nothing. There was no reinforcements. And he realized the battle was lost. And somehow a bullet went through his neck and missed the major blood vessels. And he was on the ground, and that's when he fell after he shot. It broke his bayonet. And and he, when he came to, he was laying there, and, and he had to start crawling backwards because the last thing a southern soldier want to do is get shot in the back so he had to get back to the woods and it's almost a mile of open territory but the stragglers were getting back and and i guess the yankees had mercy on him he made it back and he survived but he remembered that battle uh, my friend does and a lot of people do the battle of gettysburg changed the war of the civil war made America and he heard what President Roosevelt said we didn't ask what flag any of the men there at the 75th anniversary fought for he just said I'm glad we're all under one flag now that's the divided country that came together and Lincoln's words like a bomb a bomb for the wounds and now talk about 75 years commemoration did FDR ever imagine that the Empire of Japan would strike at Pearl Harbor, attack America, and then when the Nazis were overrunning Europe and Great Britain was left alone to fight against the Nazi juggernaut, 
did Franklin Roosevelt ever really understand after he spoke at Gettysburg that he would be leading the nation in a world war that was very, very well could done away with democracy democracy across the world. And so that's why we celebrate D-Day by going back and looking at the 75th commemoration of the Battle of Gettysburg and knowing these men, these young men, these almost just boys, 18, 19, 20, who went ashore, and some of them, I'm telling you, I, I can't imagine when you go back and you look on YouTube and you go to other places and see these scenes, some of the actual footage and what they went through and what they did to win the battle. That's the stuff of American heroes. And I just want to say, people don't understand today. And the young people, some of them, what's D Day? You need to know, my four children know what D-Day is. Do your children know what D-Day is? Do they know and understand what it means for the world and for Americans everywhere? Well, it was an awful day. Here. Here's FDR and what he had to say as America embarked on the terrible D-Day. My fellow Americans, in this poignant hour, I ask you to join with me in prayer. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. Lead them straight and true. Give strength to their arms, stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. They will need thy blessings. Their road will be long and hard. For the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces, but we shall return again and again. The darkness will be rent by noise and flame. Men's souls will be shaken with the violences of war. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, thy heroic servants, into thy kingdom as we rise to each new day and again when each day is spent. Let words of prayer be on our lips.
give us faith. Give us faith in thee, faith in our sons, faith in each other, faith in our united crusade that will spell a sure peace, a peace invulnerable to the schemings of unworthy men, and a peace that will let all men live in freedom, reaping the just rewards of their honest toil. Thy will be done, almighty God. Amen. Amen and amen. That was former President Franklin Delano Roosevelt saying a prayer. Do we have an American who can say a prayer like that today? Well, I hope so. I hope we have a leader that can pray like that. Now, I want to remind everybody, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. Every week we have a show about rock splitting politics. We'll go in and say things, look at things that from a different view that you may not hear anywhere else, but you hear it right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. And now we're going to continue our special show, Doc Holliday's Remembering D-Day. There's a lot of places you can go, hear a lot of different things. And D-Day is so important. No way we can cover it here on today's show. But I wanted to give you a different angle, different views. And what I'm going to do now is just tell you a little bit of what my personal history of knowing people who knew a part of D-Day, who knew people who were involved in D-Day, who knew people who died in D-Day. My father is gone now. He he was in the military between World War II and uh, the Korean War. I had uncles in uh, World War II, and they've all passed away now. There's none of them are still alive. But I do want to spend this time, I'm going to play a little background of uh, some D-Day uh, music and commentary as I'm telling you what from a personal view. And I'm saying this because mine is not a special view. I'm just saying anybody in any city, in any town, uh, big or small, they can talk to a handful of people who were there when D-Day happened, and and they can pick out the way they're pieced together in their lives like bricks. So mine is not a unique commentary. Mine is not a unique story. It happens in every city. So go out there and find those who still remember what D-Day meant to families and who lost loved ones. They're still alive. There's not many of them. Don't let it pass. Go find those people in your family who know about D-Day and ask them. Record it for your children and your grandchildren and yet-to-be grandchildren or great-grandchildren because there's not many left that can tell the real story and what it meant from the personal angle. But let me tell you what I know of D-Day. Now, what I know about D-Day... It's just what I've heard. It happened long before I was born. But I thought to my dad, who was getting ready to be drafted. He was 18 in 1945. He didn't have to serve in World War II. He served right after it. But one reason he didn't serve because he had seven brothers who fought in World War II. They saw the battle. He had seven brothers. Uncle Wayne, Uncle Wallace, Uncle Wade, 
Uncle D, Uncle JL, Uncle Word, Uncle Tamage. They were in there, in the battle. Some of them fought under General Patton, others, other uh, generals, but across Europe, some in the uh, Japan against Japan in the in the Pacific. And my mother's side is Uncle Booker and Uncle Tom and Uncle Bob. And I've never known Uncle Tom because he never made it home from World War II. Never made it home. My mom lost him. But I do want you to know that it's not just the uncles I know. My dad would tell me that there, there was a young man that would had a Model A car. And they didn't have many cars back in the Depression area, era. And, and they got to ride in that car in the town, about 10 miles in the town, to go watch a movie at the Dixie Theater. He was drafted. He went into the war. He was there at D-Day. And he never made it home. He never made it off the beach. He gave his life on D-Day. And there's another friend of my dad. He's still alive today. His dad, his dad, died on D-Day. He was in his mother's womb. He's never known his dad. His dad died on D-Day so that his son might live in a free world, in a free country. And that son's still alive today. You think about different men, the people you know. I got a good friend, Jay Street, I went to school with. Went from first kindergarten on through 12 years of school. Uh, and his dad, I went to his house many times. His dad, J.T. Street, would never talk about the war he was in. Sometimes, and he was like in the Battle of the Bulls. But before that, the, day, the night before D-Day, he volunteered to go on to some beaches in the dark and, and bomb some places, place some bombs to help the, the men who would be going, climbing the cliffs the next day. He got back and got on a ship and came aboard. He had the audacity to stick his head out over the over the landing craft when he was coming in and he saw the ones ahead of him people were jumping out with all the armor with everything on the military the packs everything that they've been taught to use and they were sinking because the boats weren't getting close enough landing craft was stopping in the deep water and guys were dying he saw them sinking like a stone he started yelling take off take it off everything they've been taught everything they've been told to do he said take it off forget what they told you people are dying you got to get out we're gonna get off these ships and onto the land carried his gun that's it took they they were plenty of dead people get stuff off the backpacks that is the ingenuity, the American ingenuity. You had to think on the move, and that's why D-Day, as awful as it was in the death, that's why America won, because we had young men could look and say, what do we need to do to get this job done? And J.T. Street was there. He died just a couple years ago, right at 90. But he was there on D-Day and survived and lived, and he didn't like to talk about it didn't like to talk about it. He, he had post-traumatic stress syndrome. But he lived. And a lot of Americans lived. They came back home. And they helped build the nation that you and I live in now. How can we ever pay them back? The ones who gave the ultimate sacrifice. It's not only D-Day. We talk about Gettysburg. We talk about the American Revolutionary War. We talk about every soldier 
who has ever served in our military forces, our armed forces. We thank you. We appreciate you. And we need to live every day to its fullest and realize that those who've gone before us, and it's written in the book of Hebrews in the Bible, talking about people who were sawed into, people who died. He said, you commemorate them by they can't do things now. So we live our lives for them also. We can't go back and refight battles. Thank goodness that generation did and the generation before them. Our battles now need to be taking freedom, enjoying freedom, and honoring those who've provided for us. But we have to keep America free. And that's why we're on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. That's why we do this show every week. I believe in conservatism, but I believe in a constitution. I believe in freedom of speech. Let everybody say what they want to say. Let's hear it out, and let's move forward with a consensus. We're never going to get everything we want. That's the good thing about America. The Rolling Stones, President Trump plays it when he finishes speaking. You can't always get what you want, but if you try sometime, you just might find you get what you need. There's a lot of needs in America today, and we're going to get there. There's a journey. We are on a journey, and that journey is freedom, and seeing how freedom responds, how people who live free respond, just like the young men who were on that beach at Omaha on D-Day, and they were in a horrible situation, so many deaths, and it looked hopeless. It had to look hopeless. If you ever watched Saving Private Ryan, watch that movie. Go on YouTube and look at some of the, uh, some of the shows about D-Day and understand that we have to live our lives to promote freedom and be proud to stand up for freedom of speech and be glad that we have the right to move forward and journey forward. Nobody's going to get everything they want every time. But we have to press forward. And that's what Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics is all about. Let you know some things that you may not hear other places. But we are on a journey to help make America more free. And so we can have more liberty. And as people thrive and see and opt entrepreneurs move forward and just like thomas jefferson and ben franklin could never imagine an automobile a a, a gasoline engine they couldn't imagine that they can imagine airplanes flying through the air and airports and the way we move about now today nobody in world war ii could understand computers in, in warfare today and missiles and instead of planes dropping hundreds and thousands of bombs to try to uh, blow up factories now we got one bomb sent with a laser signal that can blow up the target that's pinpointed by laser they couldn't imagine that in world war ii thank goodness we got to hitler for <laughs> the german scientist perfected the atomic bomb or the jet engine i had a friend in world war ii and he's 90 95 now he hasn't flown since his last bombing mission 
He said, we bombed the H-E double the German. But he was there. He was one of the few, maybe the only person left alive. He said he saw that, that one of the few times the Germans put up a jet. They saw it on the radar coming, couldn't believe what it was because it's coming so fast. And he got to his gun to try to take a shot at it, and it went by so fast he didn't even get a shot at it. He's a gunner, an 85th uh, Air Force. But I, I just, you know, these are things. Talk to people who were in World War II because there's not many left. Record them if you get a chance. Record them because you can play it for your children, grandchildren someday. And I just want to say thank you for all American veterans. Thank you for everybody today serving in the military. I got a nephew and a niece and, and uh, quite a few more uh, cousins those who are in the military God bless you God keep you and I always remember the prayer of Franklin Delano Roosevelt there's people in this country who are praying for you every night every day we're praying for America we pray for peace if war ever comes we need to be ready and prepared and thank goodness for those young men and women who are standing up for freedom. Thank you. Thank you for those who remember D-Day and a few of you that are still left. We honor you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for saving America and saving the world. God bless you. See you next week. Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.